This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. You know, if we, if we win on Saturday, uh, we we are more than likely going to be able to wrap it up on Good Friday. Um, we won't, the... by the way. We won't win on Saturday. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to episode 35 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben and Gary's with me as always. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Uh, I'm not particularly well at the moment, but let's let's gloss over that no, fact. I don't know why I asked because I actually know. It's not like we don't talk before we come <laughs> on air, is it? No, we actually, you know, we do talk to each other. We don't just sort of come on, hit record, go and then that's it. It's, uh, yeah, we, we've got to try and be sociable, which sometimes works. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, sometimes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, we are here to talk about uh, what can only be described as a fantastic weekend. And if I haven't already edited it in, I'm going to edit in a little snippet of of uh, of comment from from you last week. Bollocks um, to you. <laughs> Um, I mean, let's be honest, I, I don't really think anyone was quite expecting uh, what happened on Saturday um, away at MK Dons. And I, I actually think it was a really good weekend all round. Um, I think from from a personal point of view, uh, we we headed down on uh, on Friday night. We stopped in the hotel at the ground and, and all the rest of it. We properly bought into the corporate culture and all the rest of that stuff. Um but the main thing is is what happened on the pitch on Saturday, and it was just a solid performance, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We I thought we played really well. Um, I thought they played really well. I thought it was, it was an engrossing game of football without being spectacular. You know, it wasn't end to end. There wasn't efforts flying in from left, right, and centre. Um, mm. But like you say, it was a great weekend. I mean, there couldn't have been anything more MK Dons about having a drink in TGI Fridays. Um, before going into the ground, you know, you go to Port Vale and you're in some little back back room boozer, and the same with crew and places like that. And you go to MK Dons, and that's as near as you can get. So, um, but you know, I, I wrote about it. I thought it was a good experience. I like the ground. Ten thousand too many seats, um, which yep. was a little bit of a shame. And they suffered from the same thing that I've commented before. 
that people go when you get a big crowd. Oh, it'll be great because there's going to be a thousand away fans, but you get a thousand away fans in the Stacey West, and those big games tend to be quite tough for us. And it was the same for them. I mean, if you look at the games last year where we had big crowds, um, I'd probably discount Grimsby because they were on their arse when they came to us. But Mansfield brought a big crowd last year and beat us. Coventry beat, brought a big crowd last year and beat us. Um, and it was the same with MK Dons. We took a big crowd there. It makes a difference. You know, mm. and I, 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 um, going through the game, the penalty was a penalty. I know Paul Tisdale's had a bit of a moan about a couple of bits. I didn't think the referee had a bad game, but it's easy to say that when you've won it. Um, I didn't see any of his, his dubious decisions. But then again, after however many cans, I, I broke my no drinking thing and had a few cans on the way down. So to be fair, I, I, you know, I probably couldn't see when Tyler what was going on at the other end of the field all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised you could see anything at that point. Well, I had my glasses yeah. and uh, yeah. to be fair, I, I slowed down. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't drink far, far too much, but it was the sort of away day that felt like it dictated um, full participation. And it's pretty hard when you're on a bus with some of the people that I go on a bus with not to drink. So uh, I've I've done very well. I don't think I, I didn't drink when we went to Everton. Um, but yeah, this time I did. So, but no, I, you know, it was one of those games we're going to remember forever mm. as a Lincoln fan. I think it's one of those where you, you've got the, the sort of result that sticks with you. I called it our Fulham and a couple of people picked up on that because obviously in 83, we went away to Fulham. Huge following, needing a result. Didn't get one, didn't go up. Um, and when I said our Fulham, I meant that that away trip that defines a season and an era. And unfortunately, that away trip in 83 did define the era because it defined it as an era of what ifs. It defined it as an era of so close. You know, um, Gordon Hobson, Glenn Cockrell, Trevor Peake, uh, players like that could have gone on to play in what is now the championship. And we were probably just one goal, one game away from that uh, with Fulham. We didn't make it, and from there it was pretty much downhill. Um, it might not have been 83, actually. I might be wrong. It might be 82. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Uh, but for us this time round, that's what it was again. It was make or break. Okay, it wasn't quite as critical because had we lost, we'd still be in with a good chance, but it would be, to, uh, to quote Ian Dowie, squeaky bum time. Um, but it's not, you know, let's face it, we're, we're going to be champions, aren't we? Yeah, I, I think when you uh, when you look at it, it's... It's hard to it's hard to say anything else. Um, it's just been. I mean, let's be fair. Some results went our way, um, and I think if results go our way this Saturday, we could we could wrap the league up this weekend. But um, just uh, just touching back to what you were saying about the uh, the whole day, um, I I was stood there thinking this is really impressive. But I mean, this this you know, it's a League Two game. It's not. It's not a Premier League game, you know. You're not going to have, um, you don't need everything that, that there is there for for a club that are in League Two. And I know that obviously the ambition is there to to not be a League Two club for for too long with MK Dons. But um, it it did make me chuckle when I hear some of our fans repeatedly going, "Oh, we're we're getting too corporate, we're getting too corporate," and then that's for something like introducing the Legends Lounge, but then. You look at what's happened at you know what's happened with MK Dons. Obviously, they built the stadium from scratch, but they've got the you know they've got the, the car park, they've got the hotel that goes all the way around the ground, they've got the uh, the TGIs and the Nandos and and everything else that's in that little in that little row of bars, if you like, just to the to the left of the ground. And you think, well, 
yeah, this this is very corporate, and it felt it felt good as an away day because the facilities were really impressive. But I wouldn't want to. I, I don't personally feel that I would want to do that week in week out. Um, it, it's it just seems like it's very. I don't like using the word soulless, but it, it did feel like that. Um, but not where uh, I was that... sat. <laughs> there was a, <laughs> there was a hell of a lot of soul in the away end. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I just think in terms of if we had a ground of 30,000 or whatever it holds, I think it would probably be the same situation. We we wouldn't be able to fill that ground week in, week out. But anyway, um, do you think enough about... The... Do, you, do you think it's arrogance building a ground that big? Because you're building a ground yeah. that big expecting Premier League football. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do. I think... Um, look, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those situations where... They knew what they were doing. They, they were obviously wanting to build. Um, I mean, it's a hotel with a football st- a football pitch in the middle of it, isn't it? It's it's hard to to view it as anything other than that. Um, but I mean, I, I I will say I thoroughly enjoyed my time when I was there, um, mainly because we won, and it was quite it was quite nice to to go down to breakfast the following morning in a city shirt and just see how many people were going to react to it. But um, yeah, I I had a good time, um, but the. The main thing for me was that I think you mentioned about Paul Tisdale and his his, um, his complaints about some of the decisions. Uh, let's be honest, if if the goal that Bruno scored was against us, we'd probably be crying out for handball from from Big John. Um, it yeah, it it seemed to me like he, he he maybe just nudged it in the direction so he could run onto it and, and play Bruno in. Maybe the defenders got caught up in that and were trying to appeal for it rather than playing to the whistle, but. Who cares? It was a great finish, and it just sent the away end into absolute delirium, didn't it? It was just, oh, what a day! Yeah, um, I didn't see the handball. Um, I didn't actually see anything other than Bruno dispatching it because I was too busy texting about Matt Jokes's save. Oh, yeah. Let's let's just talk about that for a minute as well, because um, I I had a, a Twitter a Twitter message um, about. 20 minutes before the end of the game from Radio Lincolnshire saying, do you want to come on? And got to talk to Michael Horton about... Um, the... Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. Hey, come on. I, I'm in the studio six till seven this Friday, so... Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, say again. have some of that. Make peace. Make <laughs> peace. Get on it. Come on, sort it out. Um, but no, it was... Um, yeah, you know, we had, a, we had a brief chat about that and it was uh, it was quite surreal because we, we actually stood outside our hotel room looking down at the pitch when uh, they were doing their interviews with Danny and, and Bruno. Um, but we said, like, I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a 36-year-old man move that move that quickly, um, as, as Jokes did, and, and in that way. It was just an absolutely phenomenal save. And if the game had have ended there, I think no one would have had any complaints because it was just, it was outstanding. Um, but thankfully it didn't. And um, Bruno... I, He's scored some great goals this season, hasn't he? And it's another one from just outside the box. I mean, do you do you think? Well, it's probably a silly question because I'm guessing that everything there is is ironclad. But do you think we'll see plenty of bids come from uh, come in from in the summer? Yeah, it's got to be. Peterborough bound to be interested, aren't they? They're like buying up everyone else's talent and then seeing how good they get. Um, but I don't think we'd sell him if a Championship club came in with half a million, possibly. Other than that, that's what I think Bruno Andrade's worth. 
I don't yeah. think we'll have a you know a, a ragged situation where we get 125 or whatever because at the time he was a lower league two centre half. You know when Raggett signed for Norwich, he'd only just come out of the, the, the national league. Um, this is different, and the thing is, creative players, flair players, they always fetch that little bit more. And he is yeah. he is a real talent, and you know, he stood out. He's not been player of the season for me, but he stood out head and shoulders above, you know, in terms of what he does and product wise. But you've got to understand that a lot of what Bruno does is he's created or he's certainly supported by, you know, a really good cast of players around him. And I think he'd be the first to admit that. And would he look as good if he didn't have such a forward thinking left back behind him in that he was running into space on his own and, and didn't have that out ball? Possibly not. Would he look as good if he didn't have. Um, a Danny Rowe or a Shane McCartan offering the ball on the edge of the area. And again, Big John as well, you know, Big John brings people into play and he gets an awful lot of criticism as we've covered on here. Um, but you watched him, uh, the way he created the goal, handball or not, you know, it was still a bit of power, nice pass, that sort of thing. And I found it really, really interesting after the game, um, just going off on the tangent a little bit, that uh, on one of the MK Don's message boards, I saw them talking about Big John's exactly the type of striker they need. And yet we had our fans yeah. saying that Chuck Saniki was exactly the tri- type of striker we need. So funny, you always want what your neighbours got, but not, never really appreciate what you've got. Um, but yeah, Bruno yeah. bids. So I can see bids coming in from Bruno, but Danny will want to hold firm because if he's going into League One, um, the one thing he's going to want to do is, is give it a go. And Bruno Andrade will be a decent player at that level. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I just thought uh, it, was, it was worth asking the question because I just think it's we're almost getting to that point where we can possibly sit and, and look at the closed season and talk about uh, things like that. But well, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. All I'll say is every club's a selling club. doesn't matter who yeah. you are, there's going to be somebody further up the food chain than you. You know, Even if you're Barcelona, there's certain players at Barcelona who, who can be bought. You look at Neymar, went to Paris Saint-Germain. Everyone's a selling club under the right circumstances and you know we're going to be no different. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Um... As we said, we don't want to don't want to get complacent, but it's it's hard to see any any sort of um, conclusion other than us being a League One club next season and having the uh, that elusive third piece of silverware in in three oh, years, isn't it? If we don't go up, I'll get Grimsby Town forever tattooed across my chest in six inch high letters. That it, <laughs> that if we don't it, not going up isn't possibility. Bear in mind we're. Five points to go, twelve points clear of Berry in um, in fourth place. If we don't go up, it would be a bigger collapse than going down in in two thousand and eleven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 like I say, it's hard to see anything other than you know the the, the song of we're going up as as fucking champions. You know, I I can't. I don't want to, like you say, don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it really does seem like that's the that's the the outcome at this point, and whether that's due to arrogance or whether that's just to, due to where we are in the table and, and how it's playing out, I don't know. I don't think it's arrogance. I don't think you can be arrogant when you say you're going to win the title and you're you're sort of twelve points, uh, eleven points clear of your nearest rivals with with fifteen still to play because we only need to draw four and lose one. And, um, you know, that that would be possibly the worst run that we've been on all season. So even if we completely collapsed, 
um, it, it, we would struggle not to win the title now. And that's why it was such an important moment of the weekend, because for me, I think I, it, it wasn't the day that we secured the title, but it's the day that the title was won. And I, I stick by yes. that. I'm not going to make the bold prediction about getting Grimsby Town tattooed on my ass if we win the title, if we don't win the title rather, because you know there's a possibility and there is absolutely no way Fiona would let me have that. Not at all. She doesn't even want me to get a tattoo uh, of anything else at the moment. So Grimsby Town on my arse would be a big no-no. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, you could probably save on the letters a little bit and just get TWN at some point if it's on your ass. Um, oh, uh, God, that took a while. I, was, I thought it was an acronym. <laughs> I've got, I've got go. to try and I've got, we've got to watch the language a little bit because I've actually started working for um, a local a group of local schools recently. So oh, okay. uh, yeah, I'm concerned that I might have some of the uh, the year nine pupils listen that I'm going to be working with. So I've got to drop the F's uh, a little bit. <laughs> uh, I did uh, I did have a, a a B in there earlier on, so apologies for that. Ah, that's all right. I think I know. Apologising to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the group of local schools that you're on about because I used to work there, actually. Oh, okay, very good. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that off air. Um, but yes, we shall uh, We shall move on to uh, this, the upcoming game on Saturday. Now, Cheltenham are in a fairly decent run of form. Um, and, I mean, do you see this as a possible spanner in the works? Everything's a possible spanner in the works. And I know that's uh, that's kind of a... Probably a Danny answer, but everything is a possible spanner. And uh, yeah, they're running all right, one of form. They've lost one in six, and we've lost none in 18. Um, they've won five away all season. So, you know, it, it's everything is a potential. They're 16th in the table. They can rubber stamp their league to survival this weekend. Uh, but the truth is that they're not going down anyway. I think they're 14 or 15 points clear. So, you know, even they've got very, very little to play for. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see how they set up, actually, um, because they have um, they've set up two different ways in recent weeks, which is always a nightmare when trying to do a preview. Uh, they've <laughs> been three four one two, so um, kind right. of the three centre halves. Uh, then the four is kind of two wing backs, two holding midfielders, and then the one two, um, obviously an attacking midfielder and two forwards. Uh, but they've also been three five two, which okay is very very similar to three four. But it, it just it pulls the attacking midfielder back into the centre. I think they'll go three five two. For me, probably the the biggest threat that I can see goal wise from them is Luke Varney. Um, he's a, he's a pretty big big name, or certainly has been a pretty big name, and he's not done too badly for them this season. Um, but they've got there's all sorts of other players that are kind of unknown quantities. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a lad who called Rakesh Bingham. Now, Rakesh Bingham hasn't really been playing very much for them, but he came off the bench the other day and looked quite lively. Bingham's a player who's playing for his life. He was at, um, I think he was at Kilmarnock a year or two ago. And he's basically claimed that League Two is the same level as the Scottish Premier League, which is quite interesting. Um, I retweeted that earlier in the week. Now, the two lads I like the look of are quite contrasting at different ends of their career is is Chris Hussey and Ryan Broom. Uh, Chris Hussey's been Mm -hmm. around, it's fair to say. I think he's been at AFC Wimbledon, a host of other clubs. Traditionally a left-back, but it's kind of playing that left-wing-back role for them. Got a few assists this season, very experienced footballer. Um, He's what I would call a League Two player now. In that, you know, he's he's not going to go any higher, and he's not going to be playing in a team, in my opinion, not be top seven. 
but he's a good solid player that you can put into most teams in League Two and would do a good job. So he's one to keep an eye on. The other, this is a kid I really like, and I think I spoke about him on the last podcast. Um, may or may not have done. If I did, my apologies. Last time we played Cheltenham, that is. And that's Ryan Broom. Um, mm. He's playing on the right side of of their of their uh, midfield. So he's going to be coming up against Harry Toffolo. Now, I've said in the past, I don't think Toffy's always um, as strong backpedalling as he is going forward. So it'll be interesting to see how he deals with Broom. Broom's 22, came through the youth setup at Bristol Rovers. Uh, really, really promising lad. Got quite a few assists again this season for Cheltenham. Um, they're not they're not in a terrible position. You know, there's quite a few teams below them and they are going to be a tough prospect. But everything that I've just said is pointless because this isn't a game that's won or lost, in my opinion, on the tactics board. And I spoke to Andy Warrington uh, yesterday for the programme and he was due to call me at four o'clock and he called me at 20 to six. And uh, I made the you know the, the kind of passive aggressive. Uh, oh, we we working late, Andy? Uh, and he said, "Yeah, we've just been watching um, footage of Cheltenham's last two matches." So Danny and Nicky clearly think that it's it's you know the the same preparation goes into this game as goes into any other game. For me, this is like Macclesfield at home in the National League. You set your team up, you always set them up, go out there, win the game because there's going to be ten thousand in the stadium, possibly hoping to see us secure promotion. So. For me, that's motivation enough. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, t- to be honest, there's a, there's a little part of me that thinks that the the, uh, the team talk is going to be fairly easy going into the game. Um, personally, I you know this is probably why I'm not a football manager, but I, I think the uh, if I was in that situation, it'd just be a case of opening the door to the changing room, just saying, "Look, listen to that, go out and win." Away you go. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's a huge game. Um, the, the fact that we can, like you said earlier, sort of rubber stamp the the promotion um, with with quite a way to go um, is just it's really I mean it's something else, isn't it? It's just it's brilliant. I can't I, I can't really put it into words because it's it's been so long since we've had that sort of league success. And I mean, I know you can you can look at the national league season, but that was to me that was getting us back to where we where we felt we belonged, where we needed to be. Um, But now it's like, okay, cool. Right, we're back where we need to be. What can we do next? And winning the league is is just going to be incredible. Well, the last time we won a title in the Football League, neither me nor you were alive. No, very good point. So... Yeah, you know, it's it's historic, and uh, you know I, I can't underline it enough. And I know we, you know, people wax lyrical about Danny and Nicky, and everything's brilliant, and all that sort of stuff. This is Lincoln City Football Club, and we're on the cusp of winning our third trophy in as many years. Okay, they're not Champions Leagues, and they're not Premier Leagues, but they're three pieces of viable silverware. And up until Danny and Nicky arrived at this club, we hadn't won a we had won one piece, sorry, of viable silverware in my lifetime, which was in nineteen eighty eight. Done it three years on the bounce, and it, I, I, for me, what it brings into focus a lot more is some of the criticism that I remember um, through the year. And you know, I, I don't want to go back over it because we've always talked about people have got to have their opinions, and we respect opinion. And I'd certainly try and do that. But when you remember some of the things that we've actually debated on this podcast, and some of the tweets and messages that we've had to think about and talk about, and, you know, people saying that we were too negative. 
people saying that you know we we weren't we weren't good enough for promotion because we weren't beating Mansfield at home. Um, people criticising certain players who who have played for us. None of that was evident on Saturday when we beat MK Dons 2-0. And what, these, what, what a lot of that criticism is, people say, oh, well, they're not untouchable, Danny and Nicky. You know, they should be held to account if they get things wrong. But people are holding to account if they get things wrong on a, on a so-called day-to-day basis. So, oh, we've played Northampton and we've drawn one all and we should have won 2-1. So Danny and Nicky can be held accountable for that. For me, it should only ever happen at the end of a season. That's when you should judge. And when you've had three years managing a football club and in every single one of them years you brought them title, which is 300% more than you than they've had in the previous years. Do you know what I mean? It's just... And, and that, I, mean, I don't want to think about it because I don't want to put a negative spin on what we're doing. But I just hope there's a lot of people who criticised when we drew nil-nil at Morecambe last year and, oh, we're not good enough for the playoffs. Criticised when we drew one all with Northampton in the league this year. Criticised when John O'Kindy was picked up front ahead of Matt Reid. Criticised, do you know what I mean? Some, I want those people just to have a look at the league table, be it now or be it Saturday. I want them to have a look at the records that we've been breaking. 18 matches unbeaten in the league. If we do it, 19, that will be a club record at the weekend. So avoid defeat, club record. Travelling support, club record. And it, for me, it just... It makes me a little bit sad because you know full well that the second we kick off next season, the minute we go into a game and we don't quite play well, people are going to be on their backs. And that, for yeah. me, typifies what's wrong with modern football. And a lot of people do it without realising it. They do They're because they see it everywhere now. They think on a match-by-match basis because we've got social media and because people like me and you sit here and talk on, on, on everybody thinks that they can voice the opinion. And our opinion if we're being negative, sometimes we ought to rein it in perhaps because mm. where we are right now proves that whatever people were saying was wrong in inverted commas through the season, actually that was bollocks because it wasn't wrong. Cause it's all about the, it's yeah. all about the end, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think that's the thing for me is that um, there will be a lot of people that, you know, let's make no bones about it. There will be a lot of people that are, either getting a season ticket for the first time next year or they'll be coming to a lot more games next year and they won't have seen they won't have seen the bad you know the bad times they won't have seen where it'll be like okay right well we might take a you know we might manage to fluke a lucky point from this or or whatever and i, I don't want to be i don't want to sort of lump myself in with everyone oh yeah only come when it's good and all that because it's you know that's not i've had that accusation leveled at me we all know why and yeah but the thing for me is that next season it's it's going to be difficult. Like you know, I I I think the step up to League One, there'll be a lot of people that will be sat there looking at potentially us doing something like Luton. You know, Luton have absolutely walked that league this year. Um, and again, without without jumping the gun, I think when we let's be fair, when we get to League One, we won't we won't storm it. We won't do a Luton. But the fact is that, like you say, if people start getting on the back of of a management team that's done unthinkable things with this football club they need to like well yeah I think you're right they just need to sort of sit there and take a look at themselves because I mean yeah what what's happened to this football club over the past three years has just been really really special and you've only just got to take a look at the uh, at the trophy cabinet to see that we might do a loot um, I mean it'd be nice if we did we might. I, I, person, I personally can't see it but I'd love it if we well, did I've been thinking of reasons why we might 
because obviously I, I do a lot of writing about um, League One. I study it quite mm-hmm. closely. And the reason that Luton have been such a success this season is that they've basically kept the same team from last season, bar perhaps two players. You know, they've added one or two. Sonny Bradley's one that springs to mind, but um, they kept Matt Pearson. They got a new, I think they kept the keeper. The fullbacks are the same. A couple of central midfielders are the same. Same strikers. You know, this is the Luton that finished second, not top. And they only added one or two players and they've just gone straight through it. And when you look at our squad, it's actually League One quality. Now, whether Jason Shackle stays or not, Michael Boswick is League One. Kieran Bolger is League One. Neil Erdley is League One. Matt Jilks slash Josh Vickers, League One. Harry Toffolo, possibly. Bruno Andrade is definitely. Marco Hara is definitely. Danny Rowe, if we could sign him, is definitely. John Akindi would have his strengths in League One, but we would need some backup. In actual fact, we're only probably a couple of squad players and a genuine predator up front away from doing loot. If and, and that's not going to raise expectations because in actual fact, the aim next year is going to be not finishing the bottom four. Danny and Nicky won't see it like that. They're going to go and try and win the league. And when they finish 10th or 12th, they'll be disappointed, but they'll say outwardly that they're not disappointed. But they, you know, I think there's an, there's an overriding feeling behind the scenes, no matter what anybody tells you, that this club can get to the championship. And that will be the aim, mm. you know, in the, out of the National League in one year, out of League Two in two years. Look at Luton, look at Coventry. They're just on the cusp of the playoffs as well um, in League One. They only went up through the playoffs. It's all about how you how you approach it. Wickham are, are, are tumbling towards the bottom of League One at the minute. They were promoted last year, but their tactics are robust. They didn't rely a lot on skill. It was all about fight, and that's going to take you so far. Accrington struggling, that's all about means, you know, We've got more football in us than Wickham. We've got more means than Accrington. Okay, maybe we can't track the the calibre of player that Luton and Coventry can because of their previous top flight experience. But there's absolutely no reason why we should go into next season thinking um, that we're going to be involved in the bottom six or seven. It might happen, but there's you know when you look at that division now, I think there's still any one of ten teams could be relegated. So it's pretty much of a muchness, and. Yeah. yeah, when we came out of the National League, it took us a couple of games to, to get going, but we acquitted ourselves really well because in the National League, we had a squad good enough for League Two. In League Two, we've now got a squad good enough for League One. That's good management, that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I <clears throat> I just think um, that there's there's going to be a lot of people that might, like you say, they might be disappointed if we start, not necessarily losing games straight off the bat, but you know, if, if we're not winning games and, and putting as many points on the board as we are this season. Um, and I think for me, the the thing that I'd want to say to the people that, that will be feeling that disappointment is don't like, just don't, you, you don't need to feel, you don't, you, you don't need to have that expectation. Like we're in league one. This is the furthest we've been up the football pyramid since 1998, 99. You know, it's, it's the first time in 20 years that we've been there. And even then finishing um, outside the so, bottom four would be our best finish since uh, 1984, I believe. Yeah, 1985, because you know, we were relegated in 85, 86. So it'd be our best finish right, since okay. 1985. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. That That's better. That, you know, that's longer than my lifetime. I you know, I was born in 86. Right. That's... First you roll with well, your little yeah. radio friends, and now you're rolling out that you're still a child as well. It's fantastic. Well, it's all right. You know, someone's, someone's getting invited into the studio. So. <laughs> uh, do you know how many games we've lost since the players have been working in the Elite Performance Centre? 
How many league games were uh, lost? I'd probably say one. None. None. According to Andy Warrington, and I might be wrong in the dates, but he said to me that they started moving in on Christmas Eve, which means that they started working in there after Boxing Day, and we last lost in the league on Boxing right. Day. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I was I was hoping that uh, I was thinking that it was going to be a case that they moved in just before Boxing Day, but yeah. I mean, that says that says everything, yeah, doesn't it? It does. It does. And when you talk to the people around there, I know I go on quite a bit in, in articles about the Elite Performance Centre and certainly when I'm talking to the players for the programme, but it cannot be underlined the difference that that's made. And it just goes to show you when you do it right, and I'm looking at you, Chris Sutton and Peter Jackson or whoever got the last Elite Performance Centre up and running, when you do it right, that's what happens. When you get the right people in the right area, that's what happens. Yeah, 100%. And it's... Uh... I think um, when we, we, we heard about a lot of potential targets that were missed because we didn't have a, a training ground or, you know, the, the, the abilities that we do now, um, it just makes me wonder where's the, you know, where is the limit? Where, where, where can we take or where can Danny and Nicky take the club? Championship. And it's, yeah, I'd, I'd love it. I don't want to go to the Premier League. Um. Uh, <sighs> I think yeah, I think you're right on that. I think as much as it would be a as much as it would be a, a you know sort of fairy tale, um, it's yeah, it's it's a different world, isn't it? It's a different. I wouldn't have any interest in watching a home match at seven forty five on a Tuesday or nine forty five on a Friday or whatever other stupid times they play. Obviously, if we ever actually did get there, it would be amazing and wonderful, and everyone would embrace it until we went down. But in terms of aspirations, <laughs> for me, you know. If we could get into the championship and, and do what Rotherham do and Barnsley do and flip between the two, you know, you'd be that would be a good place to be. We'd never want to do what Berry do and massively overspend to try and get there and end up crumbling away. But no, um, but yeah, I think that's probably uh, that's probably enough to, to sort of talk about uh, the weekend. I think it's it's going to be it's just going to be a special weekend um, if. Like I said, if if things go our way completely, we could be sat here next uh, next week saying, "Yeah, we're champions." Hmm. Which, I mean, yeah, unless I think we're both going to be good. We're both silent um, there because we're both just thinking about it, aren't we? I'm just thinking, bugger, yeah. maybe I maybe I should change my reservation for the Blue Bell from eight o'clock until Sunday. Um, <laughs> So, no, yeah, it, it, it could be a big week for the football club. Um, could be a big week for everybody. You know, it's about rubber stamping it now, really. It all kicked off on Saturday. And this is, it's just an awkward in-between bit where, um, where you, like I wrote, you've got the fear, but you you know that it's unfounded. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that was a really good article, actually, because it was, it was one of those where I was, uh, I was reading it and thinking, it... <laughs> It doesn't feel like we could win the league on Saturday at the moment for me. It's just like we're we're sat here, probably being a bit, <clears throat> I don't know, apprehensive is probably the, the the wrong word, but it's we're sort of on edge and we're thinking right, well, well, if this happens and then if this happens, and then if someone if someone goes over on train, you know, in training, they could possibly hurt themselves or or something could happen to to somebody else. And oh god, what happens if? what happens if we lose on Saturday and, and Mansfield win and, and, and MK Dons win, you know, what, what's going to happen there? And it just goes on and on and on. But then you think, you know what? Like you say, we're 11 points clear. There's 15 left to play for. There's nothing to worry about. 
um, in you know, in this fan's humble opinion. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I think that's probably um, a decent place to uh, to wrap it up. Um, in case you can't tell, uh, I've I've been feeling really under the weather, so I'm sort of trying to get through this as much as as enjoy it. But hopefully, we will be. Uh, will be fighting fit for Saturday and I'm just glad that none of the uh, hopefully none of the squad are coming down with whatever this is so uh, um, anything you want to plug this week obviously the uh, the FBAs yeah the FBAs if you haven't voted please do um, it's going to be a huge push I was checking out one of my competitors um, and he's in two categories which I don't think should be allowed anyway but he's one of these vloggers um, or vloggers or whatever they call them basically all he does is film himself at a game mouthing off and then puts it online um, but he's got three hundred and four thousand followers on um, on Twitter, which is three hundred and one thousand more than I've got. So it's going to be an absolutely huge ask because you know even if ten percent of his followers vote, um, that's you know all of mine would have had to have voted ten times to do it. So please do vote. Um, please vote on Twitter on the little widget thing, but. Yeah, it's just going to be nice to go there. It's a little bit disheartening actually when you see that you know three hundred and four thousand because then it's not it's not about the quality. It's about um, it's about the number of followers, isn't it? And it, it, yeah. yeah, for me, if you're a, if you're a vlogger or a video logger, I don't actually know what the official term is. Um, you should either be in that category or like the it's red imps um, chap Max. You know, he's in the new blog, new content creator, and that's brilliant. But I think in terms of club content creation, I think it should be a more overall encompassing thing. Um, you know, people like my old man said, the Aston Villa blog, which doesn't normally go in for this anymore, I don't think, for one reason or another. Um, but, you know, they do content across the eight, across the board. And I think when you do that, probably yeah. it's more fitting. But I'm not getting my excuses in early. Please do vote. Please do, you know, push it and, and, and do everything we can. And we'll... Um, We'll see if we can bring home two pieces of silverware for Lincoln City at the end of the season. That would be lovely. Absolutely lovely if we could. Um, so, yes, um, I can only echo echo that. Please do vote if you haven't already. Um, I think, is it three times each that everyone can vote? Twice, actually. Uh, I was Yeah, I was mistaken. I think you can vote probably twice. But you can also do it on different devices as well which might um, get me thrown out but if you've got a if you've got a laptop uh, and an iPad and a, and a phone you can actually vote on on all of those so there we go okay well, i mean i also have a work machine there we go yeah work pc yeah but uh, anyway yes um apologies if it's sounded a little bit downbeat this week it really hasn't meant to be it's just cuz i'm feeling like crap but um i mean saturday was it was a special day and and this coming saturday promises to be equally as special if not even more so um like you said about mk it's a day that everyone's going to remember forever and i just i just think this weekend is is going to be is going to be just the same i mean i can remember you know i can remember lee thorpe taking it on the knee then turning it on the volley to send us up to league 1 when we beat brighton and it must have been 12 ben uh yeah yeah does that make you feel a little bit old yeah i was 20 <laughs> but yes um you know i can remember that vividly um and not i can't i was pissed 
See, I, w- I would have been pissed, but I was 12, Gary, so I was a responsible young man. <laughs> yeah, no, if my dad had been taking me to a football match of that magazine at 12, I probably would have been drunk there. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I can remember that, and it's not just because I then put several footballs through my dad's, wind- uh, through my dad's greenhouse trying to recreate the goal. Um, but yeah, you know, the- moments like that will stick in your mind forever, and I think Bruno's goal on Saturday, and whatever happens this coming weekend we've got five shot you know we've got five attempts to get two wins and if we might not even need those um so anyway yes um i'm going to i'm going to head off and possibly get myself into bed and uh we will see you guys next week see you um, later bye bye the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow you've got your McNugget share boxes on the go your mates already got booked for double dipping but then you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Presson Falsies. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.